a lot of times we think of missionaries in this romantic way as if they're the real Christians. They're the ones with the real faith who go to exotic places and sometimes dangerous places to tell people about Jesus, but they can't go if there aren't that if there isn't that other side of things of people who are sending and supporting them. Hey, welcome back to this episode of the Sharpen Podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. It is the podcast for young professionals. Be sure to subscribe to Sharpen wherever you get your podcast. And again, thanks for joining us today. We have a guest uh, joining us all the way from, from Africa on a different time zone, <laughs> and his name is Josh Hutchins. I've so enjoyed getting to know Josh and his family and staying in touch through social media. Um, his conversation or this conversation is a perfect fit for this week, I believe. Uh, many of you are familiar with Giving Tuesday. It's the Tuesday following Thanksgiving that focuses on generosity, and I, I love the day. I love the the intent behind it. I think that today's conversation with Josh will hopefully spur you on even more to think about a lifestyle of generosity um, and giving and relationship building. You know, today's conversation is going to focus on that of missions work. And so some of you, this may really resonate and others maybe not. But I think that that underlying message of giving and generosity and and maybe that you're not always someone that's going to go or do the the thing the work. Um, How are we senders? How are we supporters? Not that you can only be one or the other, but at different seasons of life and in different capacities, um, our role in in good work and great work may look different. Uh, I've been so encouraged watching Josh and his family, the work that they're doing through Gospel Life. Uh, So Josh, welcome to the Sharpen Podcast. And to get us started, tell us a little bit about who you are and the work that you're doing. Well, I'm from Hardin, Kentucky, which is just north of Murray, where I met you because you went to Murray State and then went to church with me at Hardin Baptist Church. And I am married to one of your sorority sisters, Stacy Hutchins, who is also an AOPI, and my sister is an AOPI, which was your little in AOPI. So we are AOPI roses and red and all that stuff all over the place. And Stacy and I have five kids, and we have um, one biological son, Jude, and we also have four that we have adopted uh, through foster care. We have Haley and Taylor and JJ and Abraham. And we live now in the country of Malawi in Southern Africa. I have my PhD in biblical theology, which just means that by trade, I am a New Testament scholar, but my passion, my purpose is to um, be part of God's global mission and to uh, help pastors and help churches in some of the greatest places in the world, like Malawi. And therefore, we started, my wife and I, Stacy, started about two years ago an organization called Gospel Life Global Missions. And I'm the president of Gospel Life, and we do basically three things. We do pastor training, which means there are pastors here of about 160 churches that are mostly new churches. These men 
have very little training in way of biblical studies, in way of theology. Uh, they're basically new believers themselves, and they have a Bible in front of them, and they're wondering, what do I do with this? What does it mean? So that's where we come in. We help them to get the training they need in order to bless their people and grow their church in a healthy biblical way. We also support them in their church planning and in the growth of their church to greater, greater maturity. And then we have a section of ministry called Compassion Ministries, which is just ways that we show the love of Jesus to these churches and to their communities. And the main thing in that section of ministry is our mobile medical clinics. We go to rural villages where there is little access to healthcare, we pop up for a day every few times a year, about three times a year, and we're able to treat on the spot uh, basic things with medication uh, that they wouldn't be able to get easily otherwise. So that's us, pastor training, church planting, compassion ministries, and, um, and that's what we're passionate about, and that's what brought us here to the country of Malawi on the other side of, our, of the world from our home in Kentucky. You know, one thing we talk about on this podcast is identifying our why behind the work that we do. Um, that is what makes the daily work, um, the hard days, uh, really, really worth it, right? When we know our why. Uh, as we, as young professionals, listen and think about, you know, I, I, I hear you and I love, I love what you and your family are doing. That sounds, you know, wonderful, fascinating. Gosh, I, I just feel like the work that I'm doing in my cubicle or from my from my from my car or from my computer in a coffee shop doesn't sound uh, as uh, as interesting or as we think about those that think about being on mission gosh that doesn't sound as on mission right so what would be your encouragement for that young professional I think the place to start is with the command that Jesus has given us so in Matthew 28 especially, but also in Acts 1, in the, the Gospel of Mark, Luke, and John, there are also uh, verses that we call the Great Commission. But especially in Matthew 28, Jesus, right before he ascends into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, he gives to his disciples, he gives to the first church, the early church, a, a command, a commission. And that is to go and make disciples of all nations. And so if that is the command, it's very clear that we, as the people of God, as churches of Jesus Christ, we have a duty here on earth, and that is to make disciples. That is to help people through telling them about what Jesus has done for them to help them become followers of Jesus themselves. That's what a disciple is. And so your listeners are doing that in their workplace, they're doing that in their community, they're doing that uh, as they have kids and they're in school and schools and they have other parents that they're making friends with. We're doing that as we go through our life. We're trying to make disciples. We're trying to help people become followers of Jesus by telling them what Jesus has done for them, uh, helping that they, they repent of their sins, turn away from their sins, and trust in Jesus. And, um, and that's great, but we always have to keep in mind the full Great Commission, which is not just to make disciples, but to make disciples of all nations, of every people group, every 
ethnic group. The Greek word there is ethne, from which we get our word ethnic. So we're not just to focus on where we're at. We're also, as the people of God, to be focused on the entire world. In Acts 1.8, it says, to the ends of of the earth. And so even though we might be in Kentucky or Indiana or California or wherever in the United States, yes, we have a mission there, but ultimately the mission reaches beyond us. The mission of God is for all the peoples of the world, every language, every tribe, every nation of the world, that there will be disciples from all those people groups. And so that means that we, as a body of believers, are to be sending people to the ends of the earth to make disciples. Uh, But that's not an individual thing. That is a thing that we do together as the body of Christ, as churches of Jesus Christ. And so just like your listeners, they work a job in a company and they have a job description that gives them a specific role in that company so that that company can, all the individuals making up that corporation can accomplish the mission of that corporation, whether it's to sell widgets or whatever. Um, Everybody has a part to play, and they have a a, a job description. They have a role that contributes to that bigger picture. And the same thing is true with the Church of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit, when He comes upon us at the moment we believe in Jesus, He gives us gifts. He gives us callings as, as believers, and not everyone is the same. And that's where the Apostle Paul gives us the analogy of the body. Some people are a a tongue, some people are an eye, some people are an arm. There's all different body parts, and and they all have different um, things that they're good at, so they shouldn't try to be one another. The tongue shouldn't try to hear like the ear, and the ear shouldn't try to taste because that's not what they're made for. But when they all come together, they, they do what God has designed them to do. And so the same is true for each individual in the church of Jesus Christ. We all have giftings. We all have callings. And each of us should be faithful to the gifting and calling that Jesus has given us so that together we can accomplish the mission that he's given to the church to make disciples of all nations. And big picture, that basically uh, splits us up into two groups. Of course, there's all different kind of nuances there, but the, the big picture is that there are some of us who are going to be goers, and some of us who are going to be senders. So some of us are going to be the ones going to the ends of the earth to make disciples of all nations, because you actually have to go to the ends of the earth to get that done. So somebody has to do it. Somebody has to be sent away from their their home where they've grown up to places that have little to no access to the gospel. And some of us are going to stay where we're from, and we're going to be senders. We're going to be the ones who are supporting people to to go and make disciples. And so both of those are essential. You can't have one without the other. A lot of times we think of missionaries in this romantic way as if they're the real Christians. They're the ones with the real faith who go to exotic places and sometimes dangerous places to tell people about Jesus, 
but they can't go if there aren't that if there isn't that other side of things of people who are sending and supporting them and, and that's uh, been the model from the very beginning of what we call the modern missions movement in the modern missions movement started with a man named William Carey in England who was a Baptist minister, but he had a heart for India as he read about uh, the reports of exploration in the 1700s, 16s and 1700s of places like India. And William Carey, God burdened his heart with the people of India who didn't know about Jesus, didn't know what he had done for them. And so he said, I want to go to India. I feel God calling me to go there and to proclaim the gospel to these people. But he understood something. He understood that he couldn't do that alone. And so he gathered other pastors, other churches around him in support, and he said to them, I will go into the mine of India, mine like like we're from Kentucky, like a coal mine. I'm going to go into the mine if you guys stay back here and hold the rope. Of course, the image of, is of in the 1700s, someone goes into a mine, there's somebody on the other side holding the rope out in the daylight so that if anything happens, you can pull that guy out. You have, have his back, so to speak. And so William Carey was using this image. He was going into the place that was unknown. He was going into the place that was dangerous. He was going into the place that was dark. Uh, but he wasn't going there alone. He knew that back in England, where he was from, there were pastors, there were other Christians who were, were holding the rope, and there was a connection between him and other believers. He was the one who was going, but he was one who was being sent. And so there was this this Holy Spirit connection between the two that he described as a rope. And that rope is essential to global missions. It's essential to what my family is doing here. There are people in the United States and other parts of the world as well who are holding the rope for us. And that's a rope of, first and foremost, it's a rope of prayer. People are always praying for us. We know specifically the times that some people are praying for us, like our home church, Hardin Baptist Church, prays for us every Wednesday night. And so sometimes I'm thinking on Wednesday, I'm going to get prayed for today. And so anything that goes wrong, any troubles that we face, we know that there are people who are lifting up our needs before God. There, It's a rope of encouragement as people from the United States, especially today with the internet, um, not like in William Carey's time where it took months for a letter to get anywhere. We get messages, hey, I'm praying for you, I'm thinking of you, what do you need? It's it, 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 There's always this connection with the people who have sent us here. And of course, it's also a rope of finances. So we live here because people help us to pay to live here, and, and they support the cost of the ministries of training pastors, of helping the church planters, of doing these medical clinics. People help us with those costs by giving. It's not something that we can do on our own, and, it, and we could move here and get some sort of job, but that would distract us from doing as much ministry as, as we could if ministry is just our full-time uh, job. So, so that's how this is working. There, your listeners 
if they're believers in Jesus Christ, have a job to do, have a role in this, and maybe it's not to, to be someone who's gone to the ends of the earth, but it's definitely, if it's not that, it's definitely to be one who holds that rope, who sends people, who prays for missions and missionaries, who encourages the missionaries that you know, and who gives uh, sacrificially and joyfully so that we can do the work that we do. I can imagine that many of us that are listening are thinking about what are those uh those the relationships that I can help hold the rope on, right? And, and what's my what's my role look like? So for a young professional that's listening to this conversation for the first time and thinking, I hear you and I get you and I'm with you, uh, where where do we even begin, right? Because sometimes that can be the the hardest part um, as we think about maybe uh, this this new way of thinking about missions. That's a good question. Where do you begin? as someone who is called to be a sender instead of someone who's called to be a missionary, called to be someone who goes to the ends of the earth. If you're called to stay in your home culture and to send other people, where do you even start? And I think the big picture answer to that question is this. You just have to be very intentional, very intentional about all the choices that you are making in your life and in your in your vocation. And I choose that word deliberately. I, I don't like the word career. I know that's the word that our society has gravitated towards over the past uh, 20 years. Uh, colleges have career services and we talk about our career, but I don't really like that word. I don't like the, the unintended meaning behind that word. The, the word career comes from the Latin word charis or chariot. And the idea is that there is a course, like a chariot course, that we are on through our lives and we are in control. We're in the driver's seat and we are guiding that thing and we're trying to make the most of it, right? We're trying to advance as far as we can and make as much money as we can. And it's, but it's primarily about us. We're in the driver's seat of the career. I prefer instead the word, it's kind of a more old word, vocation. So we sometimes we still have vocational schools in um, Kentucky and other places where people learn a trade. But that used to be the word that we used instead of the word career. Va vocation just simply means calling. And it comes from the Latin word vocare, which means to call. But it has a rich Christian um, background to it. So if, if you have a calling instead of a career, that implies that someone has called you. So it's not just about you being in the driver's seat, it's about you being obedient to something that's been put into your life. And so, of course, we believe that that's, that's God who's given you that calling. And the other thing I love about the word vocation is that it honors every path of vocation, every calling that a person could have. It's not just pastors that have a calling. It's not just missionaries that get called. All of us have a calling from God. All of us are equipped and gifted in a certain way to do certain things in our lives. And that may change over time. I've been a pastor, and now I'm a missionary, and, you know, the— 
circumstances and opportunities change. I don't want to take away from that. But I think believers especially should have a sense that God has made me for something. And maybe it's to be a math teacher. Maybe it's to be a salesperson. Maybe it's to be a CEO of a corporation. Um, whatever it is, God has given me a certain personality, a certain gifting, certain opportunities that has led me to where I'm at. It's not just an accident. So I have something to contribute. I have something to contribute to the human race. My job matters. And I know, Kirby, you're a farm girl and you love agriculture. And I think we see that so clearly in farming where we need farmers. We need farmers to feed the world. That's a calling. That's a vocation that contributes to society. But all of us should see how our job isn't just a job. It means more to the world and it means more to the church. Because as Christians, especially as Protestant Christians, we believe in what's called the priesthood of all believers, that every believer has a special relationship with God, and every believer um, has a way of serving God. That's not just what you do on Sunday morning. It's not just how you serve maybe on Wednesday night or a certain ministry in your church, but it also has to do with what you do from nine to five throughout the week. And so, I think the place to start is is right there, is intentionally thinking and praying through, God, what is my vocation? What is my calling? And how can I pursue that in a way that contributes to your world and contributes more specifically to your church? And so when you have that intentionality, that changes your outlook. That changes the way that you clock in and clock out so that you see, okay, there's a bigger picture here. It's not just about getting the spreadsheet done. It's not just about fulfilling um, this quota or whatever that, that becomes drudgery for us. No, all those things contribute to the bigger picture of what God has called us to. And some, sometimes that may be a very small thing, uh, relatively speaking, at the very minimal, we have been called to work in order to provide for our families, right? That is the way that God puts food on our tables, quite literally, is through the jobs that we do. Um, it's, but it's also the way that God provides for the advance of the gospel. And so when we get that intentional mindset, we start to see okay, I have a job to do, and it's a job that is for this company, but it has, it has a part to play in God's economy, in the economy of God accomplishing his mission in getting the gospel to the ends of the earth. And one of the best passages that points this out for us is in the letter of 3 John. I love 3 John. Um, it is one of the most neglected letters of the New Testament, one of the most neglected books of the Bible, and part of that is because it's so short. It's only 15 verses, but in 3 John, you have the Apostle John, one of the disciples of Jesus, uh, after Jesus has returned to heaven. Um, he is uh, nearing the end of his life, but he's still 
trying to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. He's trying to help churches grow. He's trying to start new churches. He's trying to tell people about Jesus. And he writes to uh, a friend of his named Gaius, and he's writing this letter because he's sending it either before um, some missionaries get to Gaius or he's sending it with these missionaries so that they can kind of present it as a letter of recommendation to Gaius. And this is what he says in verse 5 of 3 John. He says, Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, that's these missionaries who are going out for the sake of the gospel, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church, you will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. And what John is doing is he's commending Gaius there. He's saying, Gaius, I know what you've done. You've helped take care of the physical needs of these brothers who have gone out for the sake of the name of Jesus. These missionaries who have gone out to tell people about Jesus, they came to you, they had a need, you took care of it. And maybe Gaius wasn't a pastor. We don't know what he did, but maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was just a regular uh, so-called career guy in ancient Roman society. But he had, um, he had something. He had uh, food. He had money. He had shelter. He had what they needed, and he provided it because he saw these guys as, as doing the work of God. And so he gave to them sacrificially. He gave to them lovingly from what he had. And John says, that's a great thing. That's a thing that should be praised. That's a thing that is blessed. Um, so he praises Gaius. It's not um, something to be looked down on because Gaius, Gaius, why weren't you outgoing for the sake of the name? That's not what John says. John says, I'm thankful for people like you doing what you do because we're all part of this together. These missionaries couldn't have gone if you hadn't done the job that you did, which was to provide for their needs. And so um, we have a story after story of this. I mean, every month we have people who give faithfully. There are recurring donors, and they give month after month after month uh, without question. We don't have to ask them. They, they just do it because of the joy that they get from giving to our ministry. We have people who give their skills. In June, we moved here to Malawi in July, and we were preparing the house for us uh, to move in. Of course, I'm moving here with my wife. I'm moving here with five kids, and you just wanted to get it done. We just wanted to have it ready so that whenever we got here in July, everything was just ready to have beds to sleep on and have a place to make home. And so I came over here early with a team of eight people in the month of June, and we had people volunteer their money to pay for their expensive plane tickets, almost $2,000 to fly here. We had them give up time from work to come here, uh, because they had special skills that helped us um, have our needs met. We had a guy who's a very skilled woodworker who built our cabinets 
during two weeks in June. We have a guy who um, is also a very skilled woodworker, although it's not his profession, it's his hobby, who built all of our beds. We had people who came and painted our walls, so that was done before any little fingers got into this house. They helped us to be ready to, to move in here, and they did it by using the skills that God had given them to meet the needs that we have. And so we also have teams that come here. We have pastors who come and help teach the pastors here. We have medical professionals that come and use the skills they have, the calling that they have on their life to come and help us with the medical clinics. Um, so we see people using skills, but I think the real unsung heroes are those who just give. They've never asked to come to Malawi, although we'd love for them to come and see the things that they're doing with their their giving, but they're just they're just happy to give so that we can do what we do. And um, that's not anything um, that should be shortchanged. That is a huge, huge blessing to us. Some of them give five dollars a month. And that's, that's as much as they can give. They're in a season of life where they've got young kids and they've got, um, they're trying to, to buy a house. They're trying to do all these things that we do when we're, when we're young couples with starting a family. And they don't have a lot of extra, but they know they can give $5. And so they give $5 month after month after month. And that is so huge to us. And then there are other people who are at a different season of life and, and maybe a different part of their vocation where the Lord has really blessed them. They've moved up in their company and they give us a lot every month. And then every now and then they just pour out the blessing on us uh, by giving huge donations, sometimes for certain projects that we're doing, sometimes not. And I, of course, they wouldn't want me to name their names. They're giving in secret. Uh, but, uh, but they are giving from their heart. They're giving joyfully and they're, they're giving sacrificially. And they're saying, I know both of those people, whether it's the $5 or it's thousands of dollars, both sets of those people are saying no to things intentionally in their life, whether it's an extra cup of coffee or, or going out to eat another uh, time in the month, or it's some sort of you know, bigger thing that they could do with tens of thousands of dollars, but they have chosen to say no to those things because they, they believe in the kingdom. And, um, and, and that's what it takes is that kind of intentionality. We are being intentional with our time. We are being intentional with our working and our efforts and our sweat uh, here in Malawi, uh, but it takes people being intentional at home with their money, with their work, with their skills, so that uh, we can do what we do. Well, Josh, I've so enjoyed having you on today. Um, for those that want to learn more, and we'll certainly list your links in our show notes for this episode, but uh, tell, us, uh, tell us today, where can we learn more and uh, stay in touch with you guys? Kirby, people can connect with us at our website, gospellife.org. And if they go to gospellife.org, they can find all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and can also go over to the team section and find my information, my wife's information, and follow us on social media if you want to. But the most important things there are, are probably three things. Number one, 
sign up as a prayer partner. You can scroll down on the main page and enter your email address. And then once a month, we send special prayer updates to our email list. And these are things you don't get anywhere else. These are the the prayer requests, the challenges that we have. And so that you can intentionally, there's that word again, pray for us and support our ministry. The second thing is you can give there. You can give online by clicking Give Now, and you can set up a recurring gift or whatever. And then third, on our website or also on iTunes or any other place you listen to this podcast, you can find our podcast, which is called Gospel Life, the podcast of Gospel Life Global Missions. And most of it is my wife and I having conversations kind of like this one, if this has interested you, you and you want more about global missions, um, about life overseas, uh, that's what we talk about. And sometimes we have on guests as well to talk about global missions and what God's doing in the world. So if you uh, want to hear more, you can find a, a few more episodes of our podcast as well. Thanks, Kirby, uh, for having me. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Sharpen Podcast. Uh, do me a huge favor, please leave a review in the iTunes store. Uh, all feedback is welcome. That helps other young professionals uh, find the podcast and most of all gives me your feedback on what you want to see more of and less of on this podcast. Um, last thing, please remember to share uh, this podcast if it's been something of benefit to you as a young professional. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Until next time.